So today is the last sit, last guided sit on this retreat. And uh, I just thought I'd end by sharing a little bit from this one sutta from the Samyutta Nikaya, which is called, What does Master Gautama live for? Or at least, I don't know if that's the title of the sutta, but at least the, that's the central question in that sutta. And I find it a very kind of straightforward question. And I think, you know, everybody could consider that for themselves. But what he says here is, he answers to Kundalia, is the man who has asked him, he says, Kundalia, that the Tagata lives for the benefit of fruit and fruit of true knowledge and liberation. That the Tagata lives for the benefit and fruit of true knowledge and liberation. And that's what we also spoke yesterday about what is actually true knowledge and liberation. And yesterday I was sharing with you those four themes which we should train the mind to pay attention to. Because they, those four themes, if they are looked at in a, in a consistent way and really with a mind which is really focused and collected, then true knowledge and liberation will be the result of that. You know, to truly know the way things are. And we're starting by paying attention to impermanence. And yesterday, in the talk we heard from Nikki, when she said the word disenchantment, nibida, actually literally it means not finding, you know, not finding what we are looking for. And impermanence is exactly that which is the reason why we are never finding what we are looking for. Because we are looking for some kind of place to stand on or for some kind of permanence or lasting something and we can't find it. But in order to really understand that deep enough, we have to keep looking and then really taking it in that we are not finding and the not finding is actually finding what we are looking for, true knowledge and liberation. So impermanence, you know, paying attention to, it, to that. And then through the deep seeing of impermanence, passion and clinging is washed away. And then after that passion and clinging is washed away to a certain extent, we can see much clearer the ending of things, that all things, all phenomena arise and then persist for some time and then end. And that very ending, if we really deeply, fully see that, leads to letting go. This is just an automatic response So paying attention to impermanence is has far-reaching 
benefits really. It cannot be overestimated you know, what a huge effect it can have on our mind and on the conditioning. It's going to layer by layer just proper way in its own time when it's the right time when causes and conditions come together. And in particular, you know, that we have the emotional resilience to look at impermanence. Because very often we are distracted because we emotionally there's a lot going on and it does overwhelm us or kind of consume us and we don't have much mindfulness and clear comprehension available to look at anything else but then we can take the emotions themselves and see their impermanence because even if we do feel overwhelmed at times it's not going to be always exactly the same it's also changing so whatever is happening in our lives we can witness change in it So nothing whatsoever can't be used in order to support our way of practice. Nothing is outside of the practice. And then Kuntalia said, says here, but Master Gautama, what things, when developed and cultivated, fulfill true knowledge and liberation? And then the Buddha says, the seven factors of enlightenment, Kundalia, when developed and cultivated, fulfill true knowledge and liberation. And then the Sutta goes on, and then next he says, you know, how to develop and fulfill the seven factors of enlightenment, and he says, you know, by practicing in the four foundations of mindfulness. And then the next thing, you know, how to practice in the four foundations of mindfulness here by having, first of all, having sila. Then the whole noble full path starts to open up. So it requires a lot of support in order to be really able to be changed by witnessing impermanence. Because it's not just like a superficial endeavor, it needs to really sink in very deep in order to change us. then the cutting edge of that contemplation is really contemplating one's own death. The ultimate ending. At least even that is not really the ultimate ending because if you're not fully realized, we'll come back and get another chance. <laughs> 
I was just thinking we could do for some time during that meditation, just, you know, with the in-breath, thinking the thought, this could be my last breath, and letting that, whatever that does to your system, letting that reverberate through you, through you, and then relaxing with the out-breath. This could be my last breath and then relaxing into the spaciousness without breath.
And at the same time we can just notice the seven factors of enlightenment, mindfulness, curiosity, investigation, and energy. And then a sense of subtle joy or contentment and tranquility. Stability of mind or collected mind and equanimity. Just monitoring those on the side while you are doing the meditation. Just from time to time just checking on them and seeing you know, which one are needing a bit of attention and which ones are present. Mm -hmm. 